From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. Welcome into another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, your weekly stop for everything District 4 athletics. And now here's the guy who got to bat leadoff for Idaho Sports this season, Scott Burton. What's going on, Scott? Hey, what's going on, Brandon? Yeah, batting leadoff. Didn't expect that one. Just kind of got uh, pulled up from AAA at the last second and uh, called a game last week. Yeah, the uh, the first broadcast of the season, honestly, the first football game of the season, mm-hmm. last Friday night, Minico hosting Century. You were on the call along with Paul Kingsbury. It was actually a pretty close game. The Spartans uh, escaped with a 20-14 to 14 win. What, what did you see from that contest? Well, you know what? I think that game was um, your typical zero-week game. You know, you look five weeks down the road, and neither one of these teams are going to resemble what we saw. But it was really, you know, zero-week games are really funny because they, they function like a preseason game, uh, although they count. I mean, when you look at preseason, you're trying to fill your team out. And and uh, the big question was, can Century hang with Minico? You know, making the road trip to Minico, you know, it's, I mean, it's not a long road trip, but the bigger question is they were placing 19 starters from last season. And Minico is bringing back some people. Were they going to be able to hang? And I tell you what. They hung, and uh, it was a. It turned out to be a game a lot closer than people anticipated. And, you, and you're absolutely right. I think Minico escaped with a win on that one. And um, you know, looking at both of those teams really quickly, Minico, you know, they've got to get some things cleaned up. You know, they they had some penalties that uh, prolonged some century drives. Their their shotgun snap or their whatever was going on there was a disaster all night long. And in fact, it, it led to our, our most valuable player of the game or Idaho sports.com player of the game was the quarterback, Dylan McKenzie, who maybe completed five passes, but he saved their bacon so many times on errant snaps that uh, just were going over his head and just his quick hands would get up and tap it in the air and he'd fall on it. A couple of those deep in uh, Minico territory that could have been disastrous, but he was the one, that saved it. So they got some things to fix. Um, I was surprised that Minico, you know, wasn't as diverse offensively. You know, uh, we talked about perhaps the ability to throw the ball with Quentin Poole. You know, we talked about him. I mean, the preseason was kind of like, hey, they've got a threat now. And he got the ball, I think, once or twice, and that was about it. Otherwise, it was just run, run, run like they always do. Um, but they're doing it with a, an injured running back in Brevin Drinkle, who's got the club going on. He's got uh, some broken bones in his hand that he suffered in practice. And so, you know, they just wrapped it up and it's been a club and it's going to be a club all season long. So when he comes through the backfield, I mean, he can't even use that hand, you know? So, I mean, it, it changes things. And Minico's going to have some adjustments to do, but, you know, at the end of the day, they got the win and really that's, that's all that matters. But, uh, for Century, bringing back Romrell and Fleischman, really, that's it, you know, for those guys. And then everything else was patchwork. And they were, you know, kind of uh, had a, a three-headed monster in the backfield with Phelan, Lang, and March. And they all complemented themselves, each other, very well. Uh, defensively, man, they just loaded the box and dared Minico to throw. And Minico wouldn't do it. They stuck to their guns. Century hung in there. And uh, they battled, you know, and so um, it turned out to be a really good game. 
Yeah. So the preseason polls don't always mean a ton, but the, the we pulled all the coaches before the season started. Century was picked third out of three in District Five. Minico was picked as the preseason favorite in the Great mm-hmm. Basin Conference. Do you think the status of those teams changes? I mean, you had the third team against the team that people think is going to win the league, and it was actually a really close game that could have gone either way. Yeah, you know, and a lot of that is going to be decided in the next few weeks, too. And what adjustments do each team make or does each team make moving forward? I mean, you know, you could see the really conservative offensive play calling with Century just because they don't, they lost all their dudes. I mean, they've got, their, their quarterback and receiver. And one thing that was really interesting was, you know, after a bit, you could tell where Century was going to go based on the position of Fleischman. You know, if Fleischman was spread out off the line, they were going to throw it in the flat. If he was anywhere, if his splits were on the inside part, I mean, they were running the football. They'd use him as a blocker. So everything ran through that guy. And so, you know, you keep an eye on him as the game developed. You, you saw kind of what the, the plan was and uh, you know, and they're going to get away from that just as they get comfortable. But, you know, to answer your question, you know, century has to go on the road to Preston. And so that makes a difference, you know, so if that game were at century, you know, I don't know, maybe if they kind of grew and came together, but uh, I don't know. I think it's too early to answer the question. And I think it's too early to answer the question too, is Minico the preseason favorite? I mean, we will see. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch the Great Basin Conference as the season goes along. Uh, we did kind of a football preview a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't really talk about any of those eight-man programs that are in District 4. And I mean, you're flush with talented eight-man programs where you're at. Yeah. Uh, we did that kind of intentionally because we've got the eight-man classic coming up this Saturday in Middleton, and uh, there's going to be a lot of good teams from this area on display. So I guess there's four matchups. Which one? Are you most excited about? Well, I, looking at my notes here, um, gosh. So, so there's so there's Lighthouse Christian up against uh-huh. Kendrick. You've got Raft River against Clearwater, Clearwater. Valley. Mm-hmm. You've got Glens Ferry against Prairie, and you've got Oakley, the defending one A D one champ yeah. against Lapway. Uh, you know what? I mean, I'm kind of curious just to see what Lighthouse does, honestly, because having lost their all-world quarterback um, and head coach, what are they going to do? I mean, I think that's just more of a a question mark that I'd like to see how they answer. You know, I mean, for Lighthouse, they they have a big offensive line this year, a little bit bigger than than what they're used to. Um, So they want teams to load the box on it because they think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage you know, and, you know, losing uh, Holloway and his video game stats that he threw up over the course of like 25 years, it seems, you know, what are they going to do to replace him Um, and losing their coach as well. But their offensive line seems to be the key this year. They are going to run, run, run. And when you have a new quarterback um, and a big offensive line, that is a really good starting point for first year head coach John Silver. So I am interested to see what Lighthouse does after losing um, Holloway. They finished third in the conference last year, but were a semifinal team because the two teams that finished ahead of them, Rapid yeah. River and Oakley, also were in the semifinals. So I'm- yeah, I mean, do you talk about a tough conference? I mean, you've got Raft River, Oakley, and Lighthouse in there. 
I mean, take your pick, you know. And so only one team, I believe, qualifies automatically to the postseason, but then they go to the, you know, to the uh, to the berths that uh, you can be invited in. And there's no way that Oakley Rap River and Lighthouse Christian aren't making the postseason. Yeah, for sure. I went out on a limb yesterday in our Idaho eight man prep cast with that Paul Kingsbury and I do where we just talk about eight man football. And I picked Raft River as my one A D one state champion this year. Scott, am I crazy? Really? Yep. Um no, you're not, because I mean you look at who stands in their way and it's conference foe Oakley, who lost twelve seniors. So I mean Oakley is you know, I mean Oakley's got tradition over there they re they reload don't rebuild but you know replacing 12 seniors from an eight-man football team is a big deal you know raft river on the other hand you know they don't have that problem you know their depth this year is going to be strength or, or depth their strength this year is going to be depth you know and so they've got the dudes and so i think uh, i don't i don't think that's a bad pick at all I was the only person in the media poll who picked them as the number one team. So I felt like I was out on an Island, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they have to replace, you know, Ethan uh, Bernad who ran for over 2000 yards, all state kid, but uh, they've, they've got some guys that can do it. You know, um, uh, Thane Low Miller, you know, second team, all state. And he was in the backfield with him. So, I mean, you had two all state guys in the same backfield and now one of them departs. What do you do? Replace him with another all state kid, you know? And so it's a good problem to have for Raft River. Yeah. So uh, low Miller was kind of the fullback last year and uh, mm-hmm. Ethan was the running back. And yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be a seamless transition and they got some good offensive linemen up front as well. So uh, yes, let's, let's talk about, so we've talked about Raft River in Oakley and lighthouse. What, what about Glenn's Ferry? They're kind of they're kind of a hard team to peg. I feel like they're they're on the outskirts of the district, kind of out there with Mountain Home. So they're kind of caught between District Three and District Four. Uh, what do we know about this Glenn's Ferry team? Uh, you know what? Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know they they remain that that mystery out there that uh, nobody talks about. You know, every once in a while they'll they'll kind of poke their heads out of their shells and make some noise and. They're, you know, constantly a little bit better than everybody thinks, but they get lost in the mix a lot when you are in the Oakley Raft River Lighthouse conversation. You know, they are almost like the the middle child in this in this whole thing. You know, but uh, as we both know, I mean, injuries could change anything for Oakley Raft River and Lighthouse and open the door for a team like Lens Ferry. Yeah, it's just they're in such a, a difficult league. It's going to be tough. And and this first game they have against Prairie, that was the other mm-hmm. the, the other non District Four semifinal team from last year. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, way to start the schedule here. So that's the yeah. Man Classic in in Middleton. Every single of those games will be streamed live on IdahoSports.com. And the schedule again looks like this: the first game is at eleven in the morning. Oakley taking on Lapway. Then at one o'clock, it's uh, well one thirty. It's Lighthouse Christian against Kendrick. At four o'clock, Raft River against Clearwater Valley. I think that might be the best game of the day. And then six thirty at night, Glens Ferry taking on Prairie. So I think it's going to be a good slate and a, a good uh, showcase event for IdahoSports.com and Eight Man Football. No, yeah, no question. If, and if you get a chance to go out and watch this, I mean, we, we've always talked about every time we broadcast you know, football, whether it's eight man or 11 man, we always kind of get excited for the eight man game just because it's a completely different animal. And uh, 
the, some of the best teams in the state are right. Well, the best teams in the state are right here in the Magic Valley. And you've got uh, one, two, three, four of them, four of the eight teams playing in this, you know, eight man extravaganza are right here in the Magic Valley. So, you know, we're pretty excited. And I did a little bit of talking to some of the coaches, even from, from Lapwai and Prairie and Clearwater, just to kind of get a feel on what they've got um, going on. And, you know, they all expressed how excited they are, you know, to get out and play these things because, well, one in particular, um, Kendrick, especially, you know, as they take on Lighthouse is that, you know, their conference isn't very good and let's be honest. And so they struggle because of that. And they purposely went out and, and sought out Lighthouse and sought out some other teams to start the season because they know they're not going to get tested, you know, in, in their conference. And, you know, when you look at how that transitions into Kendrick's postseason, well, I mean, it's, they get to the postseason, but then they fizzle, you know, and they're just not battle tested and, and they know that. And so they're really, really trying to, to focus in on that. And that's why they're so excited to open up with a team like Lighthouse. It's got some pedigree of, of you know, success. Yeah. Kendrick is the only one team that is competing. So they have to be commended for that. All the other ones. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of one AD two, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Cary Panthers, the perennial powerhouse. They're playing garden Valley. Uh, Those two teams seem to have hooked up a lot over the years in the playoffs. And this past uh, summer, the, uh, eight-man all-star game. Uh, Lane Kirkland from Cary coached the East All-Stars and Jason Yearsley from Garden Valley coached the West. So they even they even met up in the summer during the offseason. But Cary, man, what makes them so tough every year? You know, I think Cary just has the culture. You know, I mean, you you plug and play all these athletes. I mean, it doesn't matter who you mention. You know, one year it's this guy, another year it's this guy. But it's, it's the culture in Cary, I think, that makes a huge difference. I mean, it's truly small town, middle of nowhere. Um, bunch of farm kids for the most part. And they, they, I don't know, I've always looked at Carrie as holding on to that Americana type of vibe, you know, to where they would, they would just go work hard all day. Um, they just, it's simple. And the, the life out there is fantastic. If you've ever been out to Carrie, it's, it's great. Um, but it's just, it's, things are simpler. And when you do that, you kind of eliminate all distractions. And so when the lights kick on on Friday night, there's nowhere else to be when you're in Cary. And, and I'm not saying that as a, as a negative thing. I'm just saying that's Americana football right there. And so they are developing and have developed this culture that uh, just breeds football players and athletes and tough kids. Yeah, we talked about the the two schools that are in the Blaine County School District, Wood River and carry and you couldn't have two two more opposite mm-hmm. athletic programs you know just in terms of and, and oh yeah different sizes too but yeah uh as we look at so carry's playing garden valley i think that's going to be a pretty good game they were picked to win their conference in the preseason dietrich the defending uh runner-up from a year or uh, uh dietrich 
was finished, uh, pick, was picked to finish third and Castleford was picked to finish second. So we talked about with Castleford volleyball, they kind of emerged last year and the coaches, at least in that conference seem to think that Castleford and football might be pretty decent as well. So that's kind of exciting for the wolves. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and we briefly touched on this last week It, you know, you don't hear a lot about Castleford anymore, you know? Um, but every once in a while you get a class that comes through and it's amazing how it's, both boys and girls sometimes, you know, and they're pretty excited over there at Castleford for fall sports, you know, because they've got some teams to follow. They got some teams that can, you know, put some butts in the stands and and uh, get people excited again. And so it's great to have Castleford, you know, in the mix. And, and you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do. Yep, me too. Uh, we uh, we put together a Magic Valley game night schedule this year. So each week we're going to be kind of hopping all around the Magic Valley. We've got a uh, father-son broadcast team, Mike Christensen and Carter Christensen. Carter played offensive line at Twin Falls High not too long ago. So uh, still kind of involved in the game. And so they're going to be doing a Magic Valley game uh, of the week each week for us. Uh, to start things off, they are going to be in Burley as the Bobcats host Mountain Home in a Great Basin Conference showdown. I think this one's going to be kind of interesting. You know, of all the coaches I've reached out to doing these preseason previews and stuff, Burley was the one team that never got back to me. So I don't, I know they bring back, you know, Trevin Fenstermaker was their quarterback last year. He was a junior and they have, you know, uh, Ramsey Trevino, who was a sophomore, but I don't know much about Burley. And and I told you a couple weeks ago that I think Mountain Home could be a dark horse, but I, I think that's a good opening week matchup. Yeah, no, I I think it is too because then when you look at the you know the teams jockeying for position in that Great Basin, you know you 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 start with the big three, you know Minico, Twin, and Jerome, you know, and then everybody else is kind of fighting, you know, for that fourth spot. But you know this could be a game that maybe separates you know, Mountain Home from Burley or Burley from Mountain Home into that fourth spot. Um, and, to, you know, gives them a little momentum going in that says, you know, we can knock off a team like Jerome. We can knock off a team like Twin. Um, in the past, they haven't been successful doing so. But for those kind of teams that are like bubblish middle teams, a, a good start is so important because, you know, when, when you're a good team and you take a hit, you're good for a reason because you know how to bounce back from setbacks. But when you're still trying to kind of get your, your feet settled and, and prove that you're relevant and you belong, you take a couple of hits early. It really does a lot to a, to a team psyche, you know, who's not used to that adversity and, and overcoming it. And so that's why I think this game is really important for Burley and Mountain Home so they can start some, you know, momentum early in the season. Yeah. How hard is it to start with a conference opponent right out of the gate? It, it, it is hard, you know, because it, you still don't know what you have until you lace them up and you put them out there and, and you start, you know, cracking pads. You don't know. I mean, you've been tackling each other for so long that uh, everybody right now is in that part of the season to where they're tired of practice. You know, the worst part of the season is the tail end of summer workouts and two days and those kind of things, because you're, you're just tired of doing it and you lose a lot of energy. And so, um, in my experience, the teams that are really successful sometimes are those that can kind of maintain that energy, or at least when they dip, they build that energy up and they can get to that first game just hungry and ready to go. Because by that time, you know, it, you're tired of practicing against each other. And now you've got a conference foe and every conference game is so crucial uh, to, to 
postseason seeding and all that kind of stuff that it, it is hard because you just don't know what you have and, until you get out there and you play. And then yeah. when they're evenly matched like this and, you know, I mean, it's different if it's the top taking on the bottom, you know, but you win the games you're supposed to lose the games you're supposed to, but this is a pretty evenly matched game. I would think. Yeah. It might be a separation week in the, in the great basin because you've got Burley and mountain home, the teams that were picked to finish uh fourth and fifth. And then you've also got Canyon Ridge playing Wood River, and those were the teams picked to finish sixth and seventh. So we, we might find out real quick how things might shake out. Yeah, and I think that's uh, an accurate term. It's separation week, you know. And uh, for Canyon Ridge, the new coach, I mean, it's, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of what uh, their look is going to be like. We talked about them, you know, last week or the week prior. So it, it's going to be um, it's gonna be an interesting week in the Great Basin. That's for sure. Yep. And then uh, Jerome, the only uh, Gray Basin school we, we haven't talked about. Uh, interesting uh, game for Jerome to start. Uh, they'll take on Gooding, which we think yeah. is going to be pretty solid in the 3A ranks. Oh, you're, you're not kidding. Jerome is going to open up with possibly the two best 3A teams in the state. You know, they're going to be on the road at, at uh, Gooding. And then the following week, they're going to open up their home season and homecoming with Kimberly. So, you know, they're going to get tested right out of the gate. And you know, and to be honest with you, those two teams to start the season for Jerome are going to be better than a lot of teams that are going to be on their schedule, you know? And so there's a lot of question marks at Jerome right now because of what they graduated last year. You know, they, uh, one of the big problems for them is going to be depth, you know, especially on the offensive line, uh, defensive line. They're going to have guys that are going both ways. Some guys that just can't come off the field. And it really, it's, it's about numbers. And it's, it's something that a lot of teams are, struggling with this year is the numbers you know and for the first time in a long time there's a lot of teams that don't have three football teams you know it's kind of the varsity and then the c team whatever it is you know and and jerome's got three teams but they're hanging on to those numbers and because of that depth is going to be an issue for them on the varsity side and and the big question mark too is quarterback you know who is going to be able to lead the team you know so we'll see. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Jerome's tough schedule to start. I, I feel like with this new max preps rating that is used to seed the teams into the postseason and in some cases determine at large bids, uh, it incentivizes teams to go out and schedule those tough opponents. Even if it's a 4A versus a 3A, if you're playing a really good 3A school and, and you lose to them, but they're racking up wins as the season goes along, it's only going to boost your stock. Uh, I I feel like I've seen that trend statewide, but what I mean, what have you seen as an athletic director? Well, you know, I think I think the thing that uh, most coaches have their eyes on, and at least what you know, ads have their eyes on too, for the most part anyway, is just whatever it takes to get their teams better. Because in, in the end, the better teams are going to win, you know. And so, you know, you don't want to worry about the ranking so much as you do what is going to help get us better down the road because you play a couple of, you know, soft teams early on, you know, then you run into your conference schedule, which might be tough, then you're going to have a problem. And so as a coach for a lot of years, I always wanted my non-conference schedule to be tougher than my conference schedule. You know, that way, when I got to conference, I mean, I wasn't stepping up, you know, like I need to. And that, I think that's what Jerome's doing right now with, you know, having Kimberly and Gooding on their schedule too best teams in 3a and put them in 4a and they'd be right in the mix i'm sure um but uh, it's about what's going to make you better down the road and, and this is going to help 
Yeah, for sure. So it's a fully loaded football slate of games in week one of the high school season. Uh, volleyball also gets started uh, this week. A uh, couple of midweek matches and then uh, some some weekend action. I think most notably what stood out to me in District 4 is Burley, a team we think that's going to be pretty solid this year and mm-hmm. wants to contend for a 4A state title. They're, they're challenging themselves right out of the gate. They're going down to uh, Utah, South Jordan, to play in the Claim Jumper Tournament where uh, they and Skyview uh, from Nampa – are the only Idaho schools competing at this tournament and the rest are all Utah schools. So that's, that's really tough competition. Oh, it's, it's, it's great competition. You know, um, some of those Eastern Idaho schools, I mean, not that uh, Burley's in Eastern Idaho, but a lot of those Eastern Idaho schools do travel down there to Utah and, and play those teams just because the caliber is so much better. And, you know, they get a little early start down there as well. And so, as we're kind of kicking off our season, they're what a couple of weeks in, yeah, in, in a lot of sports, and so um, you are going to get challenged right out of the gate. But it goes right back to the point uh, that I just made. You know, if you're going to play non-conference and make them tough, because that's what's going to make you better. And so, the, no matter what Burley does down there, they're going to be better for it coming back. Yeah, it, it just was uh, impressive to me that. The only other Idaho school that's there is Skyview, the defending 5A champs and the heavy favorite to repeat. Might be the best volleyball team uh, overall in Idaho this year. And so that's good company to have in terms of uh, going to a non-conference tournament. So, Yeah, absolutely. And so take advantage of that while you can. And, you know, the thing is that they're not going to let every Idaho team down there. I mean, they want competition as well. You right. know? And so, that I mean, that's a, that's a tip of the hat to those two schools from Idaho that, uh, you know, they believe that they can go down there and, and compete with them. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great opening week. I mean, we kind of have the soft opening. It's like a business has a soft open and then they have the actual open. We, yep. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yep. Yeah. We hit the ground running this week. That's for sure. I mean, they all kick off. I mean, whether it's football and volleyball and cross country and boy soccer, girl soccer, swimming. Um, I'm sure there's one I'm missing, but fall is busy. It's the busiest time of year in sports. Yeah, so we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Lots of it's it'll be nice to finally have some results that we can break down and analyze instead of all this speculation and conjecture, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, then we go back and watch it and say if we were <laughs> yeah, remember that when I said that? I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and yeah, if you if you ever uh you know want to leave a comment, uh we have the video up on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our facebook page we love the interaction with the fans so you know give your favorite team or player a shout out hey if i said something and i was totally wrong let me have it i'm i'm i got thick skin i can i can handle it so you can also (laughs) oh go ahead scott well as you can say along the same lines if i mean if you're out there listening uh in the magic valley and you know of a real cool story um that would be great for the podcast for the video cast uh that that we don't normally hear about because those are the things that that make you know communities close that make valleys close is like anybody can report a score but who can tell the stories but in order to do that you know we kind of need your help and so if you you know anything let us know we'll absolutely investigate it yep you can send me an email uh brandon at idahosports.com so uh thanks for tuning into this edition of the magic valley prepcast we'll see you back here next week with plenty to talk about for scott burton i'm brandon bainey we'll see you next